0: Radio shows you love from the people you know. This is Sam Talks Technology.
1: Hello, good afternoon. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Wednesday. Here we are again. Thank you very much for joining us. Yes, my name's Sam Sethi and on today's show I'm joined by my guest. Let me introduce him. Hello, Raj. Hey Sam, how's it going? Very well, very well. It's a lovely day. It's mild out there today and uh, we're in the studio. We've got lots to talk about today. Some of the things I want to talk about obviously are going to be the new IPOs that are coming along. Uh, We're going to see ones from Slack and we're going to see from Uber and Lyft. I'm going to talk about whether they're going to be good IPOs or bad. the tax man is coming knocking on the door, it seems, for the big companies, Amazon and Apple. We'll talk about how they are finally beginning to pay for all of the money that they probably should have paid in the past. Uh, there's lots of news that we're going to talk about related to data, because that is Raj's specialist area and a bit of AI. Uh, there's a company in um, in New York that basically is now going to look at your social media account to determine whether you're good. Or a bad risk for life insurance. So lots to talk about today, but let's first of all find out about my guest, Raj. Hello, welcome to Marlow FM.
2: Hey Sam, good to be here. I love uh, the studio, and I'm loving the company already.
1: Thank you. Um, right, so we we've had a little chat offline, of course. So uh, for those who don't know, explain what you do today.
2: So I run a company called Go. Pin leads. We are a hyper
1: local search company. Okay, hyper local. What does that mean?
2: So to find data in a specific area by a postcode, zip code, or just an area which you actually find. So if you want to find, for example, companies which are like restaurants in New York or in Taipei, and you want to find all the information about the the company name, the address, the phone numbers, social media profiles, email addresses, we help you find that.
1: Okay, so. Foursquare, we were talking about, you know, is this like a a UK version of Foursquare or what's different? What would make you different to say something like Foursquare? Foursquare, obviously, for those who don't know, uh, is a New York based company who who provide local listings, I guess.
2: So we are in 245 plus countries. Uh, You can go to any local corner and you can find data. There's some exclusions of of, of the countries in the world, obviously, where we can't find data. Uh, We use a lot of de- different data sources where we buy data from or we scrape data to get the information.
1: So uh, buying data, who might that be from if you can reveal? I mean, you might not want to. I mean, there are multiple
2: of them. Um, the sort of the, the the normal players and stuff, as you as you were. So, like the clear bits, for example, the hunters, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, we have got hundreds of them. We also actually then go visit the individual sites responsible and find data. So, for example, if you find uh, all the social media agencies in London, we'll then visit each one's site and also find data from there. Uh, we don't store data. We do that in real time. So as the, the search happens, we'll go to the sites, we'll visit them, and then get the data out. Now uh, we do that mainly for for businesses. So we are, you know, GDPR compliant. Uh, most of our of our customers are in the US market, uh, followed by Australia, uh, Latin America, and Asia.
1: Yeah, you were saying. Well, you've got four and a half thousand, four thousand customers already paying customers.
2: That's right. So we, um, so we've been aggressive with our growth uh, to some extent uh we did a lot of deals initially to get the customers on board and then we've been doing a lot of inbound and outbound campaigns recently we set up a new outbound campaign to get more uh, customers on board Uh, most of our customers happen to be in in construction that's where the, the big market is real estate is a big market for us because if you're a construction real estate person, you look at local market, you have infrastructure there, you have your big expense there. So you're going to find local restaurant owners, you need to find commercial properties where you can sell into, rent them out, lease them out, or buy, for instance.
1: Okay. Now, obviously, you didn't start with GoPin Leads. You started off, uh, well, at Sussex University is where you you came and did a degree. What was your degree in?
2: My bachelor's was in computer system engineering. And then I did, I was actually was on a PhD to do uh, computer science and AI when AI was not sexy
1: at all. It, was it wasn't <laughs> sexy, no. It's come back in fashion.
2: It has, it has. And back then I was telling you earlier, it was a real nightmare to run an AI algorithm without like, you know, having your Pentium fry up or lots of noise and lots of heat uh, in the research labs. But uh, today it's a different ballgame altogether.
1: So, for people who don't know what AI is or machine learning and an algorithm, explain how you might go about developing an algorithm. I guess what, what what's the process?
2: Oh, I love this question, <laughs> Sam. So, this is the way I explain to my grandmom, um, or my or mum is like, listen, mum, when you have a child and you don't teach them what's an apple or an orange, for instance, what you do is you give them. Images, or you point out apples and oranges and say, okay, this is an apple because it's red in color, is, and this is orange because it's kind of almost circular, like a bit like the the globe, and it's like flat on the top, and so that's an orange. You give them multiple images of of or pictures of apples and oranges to show them what it looks like, and that's the way the, the kid learns. Similarly, you can train your algorithms. Um, and teach a computer by giving them lots of data. So you build a, build a system, you didn't train, train the data with data of different things, and then you correct it all the time. And that, for, for example, is machine learning, which is just one small part of, of AI. AI is a huge set. So when I was at university, I wasn't doing machine learning, I was actually doing uh, finding algorithms for video games. Mm. I mean, I I did computer science because I loved video games as
1: a kid. Yeah, so you were saying that your mum didn't let you play video games. So you decided to te- say, well, I'm actually not playing games. I'm actually doing a research project. Absolutely. I'm sorry, mum.
2: <laughs> Sam, <laughs> Sam gave it away. But absolutely, it was um, the only way I could play video games was to like by building them. So I built one at uh, in my high school, and then I did a uh, one in in my master's degree and then bachelor's degree as well. And my whole like this is my passion of my life. Um, some people at home and family and friends call me the Sherlock Holmes of data, because um, like you 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 say like you know Raj. Go to um, Bangkok and find the best uh, Thai restaurant. I will not go through just your Google reviews and stuff. I'll go through Foursquare, Google reviews, go to each, each and every review and to kind of build an algorithm to figure out which is the best, most genuine reviews, best food for what's really good at, at, over there. So I have a passion to find data and I have a, fashion, a a real real passion to actually find an algorithm to fit that that data as well. So to, to answer your question, I built a more realistic version of how do you, uh, a, a, third person, a third person shooter game would work, where the bots or the your enemy, the computer, can can go around walls or find the opponent and then finally shoot them.
1: Okay, so building building that uh, algorithm, I mean that was obviously what your whole. How long did it take you to build something like that?
2: It took me about a year, year and a half.
1: Okay, and you look at something like Fortnite today you know unbelievably successful i mean you know would you have ever believed when you were designing ai algorithms for games that gaming would be as big as it is today
2: no i couldn't i can't believe it because again the problem was like computational power like today you can run games uh driven by servers Uh, back then you had to have your own box your own device and network was not as good Um, today that whole idea of like multiplayer and that all driven by the cloud and the internet uh, is incredible I mean that's so powerful that opens up opportunities for Uh, ways to monetize these video games and i think that's 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 very powerful
1: yeah talking of monetizing Fortnite held a concert inside of Fortnite this week so marshmallow who i don't know i'm not down with the kids clearly um he held his concert or she held his concert you can't tell because they've got a a mask uh in you know and this concert was attended by millions online Fortnite, from what I understand, and the limited time I played, was a shoot 'em up game. What the hell are they putting a concert in a shoot 'em up game for?
2: Well, if you have your your jazzy clothes and your weapons, you can have a small party there, I guess. But uh, I mean, I, I must say, uh, after university, I kind of stopped playing video games because I was doing a lot of that and I was not actually
1: working. Oh, okay, yeah. The the number of hours you might play means you not, might not work. Okay, so so gaming is uh, where you originally started, but. You were saying to me that, you know, you, I asked you the question, why didn't you get into gaming and keep going? I mean, it's, it would seem like a natural evolution if that's what your degree was in. Um, but you ended up building a social media network. What was that?
2: So it was called Quick, although it never began as quick. The story is, <laughs> <laughs> well, the infamous story, isn't it? So... um I met somebody at university in my master's degree. Was that the wife? No, it's not, sorry.
1: <laughs> sorry, wife. Oops. Oops. No,
2: it was just a friend. It's okay, okay. Sam. It's all right. Um, so, Friend. <laughs> yeah, anyway, last words, yeah. Yeah. Um So she mentioned about MySpace and how big it was in the U.S., and, uh, back then I had this like coding bug. I would like, like just quote for fun. And I found this, uh, MySpace thing really interesting in the U.S. I'm like, you know what? UK doesn't have it yet. Back then, 2006, there was no Facebook yet in the big way. Yeah,
1: Facebook turned 15 years today. That's big this news week, as well. This week.
2: That's big today. news as well. I think so it's...
1: Quick was
2: older than 15 years ago. Uh, well, Facebook had launched in the U.S. market, but in the U.K. it wasn't that big. Oh, I see. I got you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it came to the um, U.K. 2007, 2008, and that was when they really took on uh, uh, forward gear in the U.K. market. Right. But I was like, well, why don't build uh, our own MySpace for the U.K. market? And I'll call that Understand. So my surname is, is Anand, and then Understand, so i become Understand. Okay. Never caught on.
1: no it was a uh, social network for talented people in brighton okay well there's a lot of talented people in brighton so that's okay but you know for world dominance you had to go broader absolutely right so what did how did it come quick then so
2: i i met a few um football teams through this and i met i met like um i did a a course uh, actually at University of Cranfield and that came from uh, some links I had formed with the, um, the enterprise which is a regional uh, funding by the government and they said listen you seem like a uh, you know, a happy 22-year 20, child. Why don't you go and do some uh, MBA to kind of teach you how to sell? Because you build this software and actually I built that software within two weeks, a clone of MySpace. In two weeks' time, a chicken pox, I was sitting in my, in my bedroom. In two uh, weeks? Yeah, absolutely. Blimey. Day and night. 20, 20 hours, uh, days, just get them all, all built in PHP, MySQL. And um, yeah, out we had a, a, I wouldn't say the best version of MySpace, but it was it was not too bad. It was it was enough to do a commercial launch, for example.
1: Okay, so you launched it. You you got people starting to use it. Um, it's easy in hindsight to look back and make the obvious comments. Um, did you did you know what sort of direction you wanted to take the platform in? You know, obviously you can look at MySpace; it disappeared, and you can look at Facebook, and it succeeded, and you can say, "Oh, yeah, we would have followed down that road." I mean, wh- what was you know what was the thing that didn't catch on i guess for quick i mean it's not here now so what was the thing you would look back and say hmm, had i done that maybe we would have gone to the next level
2: great question there sam i think i wish i knew what i what i known today oh, don't we all absolutely so i think in in, in terms of um uh, obviously we tried b to c with understand didn't work. We did a B2B version, a white label social media uh, network. So like your white label Facebook, you can have one inside your own community. We worked with uh, a lot of travel companies in the government, and we launched their own white label platform so they can communicate with their customers. They found ways to recruit people easily. They found ways to get get feedback from customers, really valuable. But the the, the requirements were that you know we understand the market better, and I was just 23 trying to get my head around things. And I think at some point, I didn't really understand how big it could be equally. I think we underestimated Facebook and what it can do. Clearly, the money they raised earlier on was a big part of the success because MySpace didn't have that kind of backing like the way Facebook did. And they dominated the market. Today, all networks tend to be in Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn.
1: Well, Facebook wants to be the web. You know, um, you go on your, your phone and you use your Facebook app and, and literally if you if there's a link, it will stay and cocoon you within Facebook. It doesn't let you out.
2: I absolutely agree with you. Uh, coupled with Instagram and, and WhatsApp and then that's that's the ecosystem really, isn't it?
1: Mm, not for me, but yeah, I, I get what you mean. That's, that's Zuckerberg's ecosystem. And that's what he wants the world to be within. He wants everything enclosed within that world. Um, in fact, uh, an announcement this week was that they're going to try and merge the back ends of Facebook, WhatsApp, and Instagram. Any thoughts on that? Good, bad?
2: I mean, in, in some ways, there's then less competition in the market because, as you, as I was saying earlier, for someone like my mum, my wife, my father, like, for them, that is the entire social media. okay. They hang out there, they have Instagram accounts, they they WhatsApp with me on the phone calls and video calls, and they use Facebook to keep in touch with their grandkids and everything else. So for them, that is their their social media. Um, I was saying earlier, in my my opinion, my prediction is that there's an opportunity to really monetize WhatsApp uh, and Facebook and the combination of these three could be a killer combination to actually start to um, charge or let people pay via WhatsApp or Facebook, Instagram, uh, like WeChat is doing in, in China.
1: Yeah, I mean, WeChat's massive out there, isn't it? And um, But do you think we as a culture over here are going to adopt that same payment mechanism through social media? Great question.
2: I must say, I have no idea what's going to happen.
1: Cause, I mean, do you use Apple Pay? Uh, no, I use Google Pay sometimes. Okay, so you're an Android boy, Mm -hmm. not an an Apple boy. Okay, yeah, and we will talk about that coming up. Um, But yeah, I mean, I I use Apple Pay a lot more than I thought I would. Um, You know, I carry my credit card with me or my my bank card. Um, But I've more and more begun to use my Apple Pay, um just because it goes beyond the £30 cash point limit, or sorry, the contactless limit, which is great. So, you know, you want to go and buy something more than £30, and you're like, oh, okay. You know, and you don't have to put your pin in, just get your Apple phone up and done. I, I'm still struggling with, uh, and maybe I need to go and live over in Japan and China for a little bit. I'd love to do that, actually, personally, um, because I don't quite get the fact that um, I'm in the social media... F- Messaging environment, you know, I don't use chatbots. I can't get my head around why I want to talk to a chatbot in a messenger. You know, it's for me. Messenger is either used personally, one to one. One of my biggest headaches is, of course, trying to remember what channel, what person wants to talk on. So, some friends like WhatsApp, some are text, some are <laughs> Telegram, some are Facebook Messenger. I'm like, oh god, please tell me which one. I can't remember where you left a message. So that's my biggest headache. But um I still haven't made a transaction inside of Messenger. And Messenger does have a payment system inside it now, Mm -hmm. um, but I haven't done one. I haven't had a need to do one. I can't think of one. Um, There's also a peer-to-peer payment system, and I've never made a peer-to-peer payment either inside. In fact, it's not something... Have you ever come across yourself doing that? Um, I haven't
2: done it yet, but this weekend i was thinking that i wish there was one in whatsapp so let me explain the, the the context of it
1: yeah go for it
2: uh, we have formed a, we bought a property in, in in india and there was a building association uh which we had formed and to pay them 500 rupees uh per year which, for which i had to go back to my indian bank account and like send them a payment and it took me a good one hour to do that because they'll first send me a one-time password and all that different things, and it was really hard. If I could just do that in one click through WhatsApp, I would love that.
1: Okay. So... Do we see things like WhatsApp replacing traditional banking or just a, a, a means of just transactional? Is it just a transaction mechanism where you would pay it through PayPal before you pay it through bank to bank transfer? Is that all it is?
2: I, I don't think it's going to replace PayPal or it's going to replace banks. I think it'll just be one more way of doing things.
1: Okay. So, I mean, obviously, Facebook had their quarterly results to come out. Um, it looks like, you know, they've increased their revenues by uh, approximately 89% of revenue uh, came from uh, fourth quarter. Uh, mobile advertising revenue represented 93% of their advertising revenue in this fourth quarter. So it's, it's very much a mobile company. So he has turned it around, Zuckerberg. Um, the headcount, the number of people that um, are, are increasing. So the headcount, uh, people in the company has gone up to 35,000. That's an increase of 42%. So they practically double the size of the company. Uh, income taxes increased by two point two seven billion. So all of this stuff that they're doing that we're all going, oh, they're stealing our data, they're being really bad, they're doing all this, it doesn't seem to affect them. doesn't seem to affect them.
2: I kind I of agree with you uh, to some extent. I mean, personally... I used to initially share my personal pictures and videos and, and comments and status updates, everything else. But I kind of stopped that about two years, maybe even before that. Uh, but today I use Facebook for to communicate with customers. It sounds really... Customers. Yes. So uh, we have uh, multiple different niches, or niches as I said in America. Now we're in England. You can say niches. I love it. Uh, let's just say niches then. Uh, so we've got multiple niches within our group in Leeds. And one of them is uh, small businesses who tend to be early adopters for technology. And we communicate to, with them in Facebook groups. And that takes a lot of my time in terms of marketing uh, because I put out some ideas in front of them. If they approve it and then they go ahead, then I put them out to the, the mid sized customers and the ones who are larger.
1: Yeah, I mean, I have to say, you know, I'm just reading here again daily active users were 1.5, 1.52 billion last year and they've increased by 9%. But there has been a trend for early adopters like you and I to remove facebook from the mobile phone i mean have you done that have you you still got it live in your mobile phone
2: so i've got it live in my mobile phone but it's actually in a folder called work right
1: so you're very specific about what it is um i haven't deleted it yet i'm still a i'm social media junkie i guess but um uh, i do know a lot of friends who are beginning i mean one thing i have noticed is a massive reduction in the amount of updates I see from friends. It's it's dropped off a cliff nearly for me. Um, so that's, that's a trend. I, I, I still struggle to see a day when social media will probably be no longer there. That could be an interesting one. I can't envisage it dying like Myspace. I can't see... Right now, what the replacement will be. I've got some thoughts, maybe we'll share those later. Um, so, yeah, Facebook groups is probably one of the better things they've done recently. Um, I'd say Facebook, though, totally confuses most people. So, here at Marlow FM, I've just put all of our social media strategy together, and we had Facebook pages before, and we had every station radio show had its own page, and it was a mess. Uh, nobody knew where to find Marlow FM. So I created one page, Marlow FM, and please go and visit it if you can, and every radio show's got its own group now. And, and I tried to explain to some of the other presenters the difference. So I, I, I likened it as Facebook pages are like Facebook brands would use that, and then groups are like communities within that. Um, but, you know, they don't make it easy. They really don't make it easy.
2: Absolutely agree with you. I, I think it comes down to the fact that they have these like ultra uber savvy technology people, uh early adopters, and then you have these people in the long tail who struggle with technology overall, and then they have obviously the, the web version, the mobile version, the tablet version, apps direct, and it's confusing for a lot of people. I don't think I've seen many big groups, which are run by non-tech people. Uh, most of the ones I've seen are very digital or technology-savvy people running it, and they're doing really well within it. Pages, yes, it works really well for people, but for them, for, it's like a, a, mini, a mini site or a mini website, mini brochure page, for instance. Um, I think the one which I see a big trend going towards Instagram, Now, I don't know in your, in your data, the reports you've seen there recently has come out, if Instagram is part of that report or not. Because Instagram for me, not for me, but for people who are not sort of tech-based or tech-centric or early adopters, they love Instagram. It's mm. simple. It's easy.
1: Instagram's the big darling of the Facebook trio. You know, WhatsApp is massive, I think, in India for certain, uh, and large parts of the uh, world outside of Europe uh, and America. Um, Instagram, really, I I noticed it with my own children. You know, they're they're very much a Snapchat and Instagram generation. Oh, they wouldn't dare go on Facebook. That's grandadville. You know, don't want to go with my parents or my grandparents Not touching. I think that's a big problem for Facebook in that, you know, how do they refresh the audience? Because if people like you and I are dropping off the end and not being that excited by it, there's not a, a generation coming up behind us who are using it. Um, so, you know, I'm sure Zuckerberg will try and buy Snapchat because, you know, Snapchat's slowing down. You know, and uh, again, I'll come back to that in a second. um But talking about the mergers, you know, the back end mergers we were a minute ago. Um, The data regulators in the EU are asking for assurances from, uh, you know, uh, Facebook that they're compliant with GDPR, that they're not going to mix and match. I mean, I think it's going to be a mess. I think people, if they do merge it all together, and I think what they're trying to do is provide secure end-to-end encryption on all of their messaging and, and platforms. Uh, and I think, you know, if you've got 2.7 billion active users across all three platforms, that's a massive market. And as you said, with payments, it'll be even more massive. I can see they're just trying to merge it all together, really, aren't they?
2: Mm. I think the security and privacy of users is going to be a big concern. I think what I fear for is like, so I'm just talking from the point of view of a scraper who understands scraping really well. Um, yes, yeah, tell me. So it, as it happens, like LinkedIn scraping is super easy, but Facebook has done a pretty decent job in like preventing scraping. Okay. Uh, and are like, you listening, LinkedIn?
1: Get it better done. Microsoft, you own them now. Sort it out. Uh, 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 Sorry, Raj. <laughs> might block your business but you know well not at all i think all these things are open up opportunities
2: if you know what's happening you can build for it okay so people scrape directly from the the web
1: but also there are mobile scrapers available for android phones as well So so scraping just for those who don't know is is being able to extract the data from a website yeah
2: that's right so it's a bit like what google does for example they index the data and they get the data out and use it for different purposes um there is a, a conversation about like, so one of the most effective way of communicating today, if we talk to outbound marketeers in the Philippines or India, they say, you know what? LinkedIn was like, so 2015, yeah. today we are doing like Facebook and Instagram. And I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, listen, when we have to talk to people in the real estate market, we find them on Instagram, we drop them a message. There is no way to stop that. Whereas in Facebook, you'll end up in a different inbox if you're not a friend or a contact with a person. Plus, they have a maximum limit of 5,000 friends you can have. Yes, they do. So there are things around that sort of information. I haven't got that many friends, so it's okay. Neither yeah, do I, Sam. <laughs> so we all, I think you both are good. Uh, but there is that, that talk about how do you keep that data safe? And there are all kinds of like attacks which are possible. We know about the Games, games Analytica stuff as well. I mean, there's a loss that possible if you merge the data together. It's powerful for a marketer, that's for
1: sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, Facebook uh, is still, along with Google, taking the lion's share of all of advertising, pretty much 80% plus. Um, and, you know, so it, as we were saying, you know, all of this negativity about privacy and the data analytics, as you mentioned, and, you know, the worries about data being taken out of Facebook because of, you know, previous developer access, which has now been blocked, um, does worry people, but clearly not enough because brands are still advertising on it and people are still increasing the numbers on the platform. Um, so Zuckerberg's not going to change, I guess.
2: Well, I, I I don't know. I mean, my feeling is that it is slowing down just from looking at, from my friend circle, not from the data which you see, obviously, uh, on the trends, uh, because in in my circle, for example, no one puts st- stuff out there anymore. And if there is that early adopters who are stopping this, it will trickle down to the the, the long tail. And eventually, it will stop. Whereas Instagram, I see even my, my 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 buddies who are in tech still using it quite a bit, alongside WhatsApp and and Telegram, for example. Uh, so. This is a a very really early stage evolution, and you know we know about Nokia. What happened to Nokia when when the early adopters stopped using Nokia? Eventually, it does die. And who knows about Apple, for example? Apple has had pretty diminishing uh, returns on on sort of the the iPhones in, in in India and China, for example. And I know there's something else you want to talk about there as hmm. well. Um, so here you go. No, no, no.
1: So what what's happening in India and China with Apple? Tell me.
2: So I mean, again, I. I don't have the news in front of me at the moment, but I, I mean, there's some news about how the the cash cow for Apple is the iPhone market. And there has been a, 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 a small sort of uh, decline in the sales in, in, in China and India. And uh, some of them blame uh, the, the, the new Android phones coming out, the, the Chinese ones, the Honor's, the uh, the OnePlus's, for example, who are as good if not better and probably one one third or half the price. Uh, I think that's a big challenge, for example, for Apple. Um I think again it's driven by um, you know, these these early adopters. I mean, for example, I have OnePlus, that's yep. an Android phone. I I got it for my father in law, my wife, next my dad, my mom. I got a second version of OnePlus now. And I I'm just loving it. I mean I don't I don't know why I would be still a Apple fanboy when I don't see the value of Apple the way I did before.
1: So I mean they they're, they're f- Q4 results were down on year-on-year, on year, which you know they, they, they announced to the market they made a quarterly revenue of $84.3 billion. So let's be really clear, they're not struggling. They're still one of the richest companies in the world. It says it was a decline of 5% on year-on-year on year quarter earnings, not massively down. Um, revenue for the iPhone declined by 15%, which we know that the market for iPhones is stagnated now, you know. I've got an iPhone 6 Plus, which, you know, I'm still waiting on a reason to upgrade. Um, what What are you on? Did you say you're on an Android? Um, yeah, OnePlus. Yeah, which is quite good. So, you know, at the end of the day, that's, that's a flat line pretty much on iPhones. My big prediction for 2019 is Amazon will come back with an iPhone, uh, iPhone competitor. Yeah, possibly, I yeah. Well, I think they have to if they want, um, you know, Amazon Alexa to be native. I mean, it works really well in the... Um, amazon music app i can i can use alexa within that and it allows me to you know ask all the sorts of questions i could about uh, alexa or use it as as an alexa so i can yeah, ask it to play the next track find me music but also turn the heating on add to my shopping list but it's not native to the phone um and i think obviously siri's on the iphone and you know google assistant on on android phones um let's not worry about bixby on samsung or no. or goodbye cortana from microsoft but um Obviously they I think you know anyway, that's my big big prediction, and I'll be crowing like mad when they bring one out this year, but until then um uh Apple, yeah, they big growth revenues in wearables have you Have you been tempted by a, a, a watch?
2: yeah I mean i unfortunately, I can't wear any jewelry at all. I've got allergies with everything so okay. I don't even have a wedding ring on my finger at the moment, but that's
1: um, what he said to the wife uh, I've got uh, an allergy honestly that's the best excuse I've heard ever okay, those yes. marks with those then um
2: <laughs> but um yeah so so no apple washes for me unfortunately, but um uh, so I, I had an um, a iBook. I had I use I uh, did my programming initially at university on on the on the initial uh, Mac, Mac Mac computers and stuff. I had a MacBook um, Pro and everything else. I had the iPhone one two three, but then you know, after Steve Jobs passing, it's just been a really difficult one to see the innovation. It's just like the same. It looks very similar, very sort of similar specs, maybe a little bit more beefed up, maybe. And, you know, taking away the headphone
1: jacks, for example. Was oh, the only you. reason I've still got an iPhone 6. Ah, oh, there we go. You see? And yep, there's my headphone jack. You can't see it here. I'm just pointing at it, but <laughs> there it is. I can
2: vouch, vouch for that. But yes, absolutely. So no headphone jacks, uh, no USB on the MacBook, which I think is like, I mean, guys.
1: Oh, you, yeah, I got a, Mac, a brand new MacBook uh, Air. Yeah. Not a single port on it that I can use, I have to carry cables to use it. It's just ridiculous.
2: Absolutely. Yes it's lighter, yes it's sexier, but then what's the point of having a, a beast which you can't really use, you know? So for me, um I, I got rid of my um MacBook and I got myself uh the Surface uh book to uh, Microsoft and I can't believe I've gone back to Microsoft. I mean Yeah
1: no Microsoft's becoming a cool company again. I used to work for them. Clearly, it wasn't cool then, but, you know, they're, they're, they're becoming the cool company. I mean, Sachin Adali, who's the CEO, it's five years that he's been at the company now. Uh, a friend of mine, Steve, who's his, uh, well, his I, w- I would like to call it PA, but that's not the title on his card, I'm sure. Um, you know, he's a UK lad, Liverpool supporter like myself. But, um, yeah, I mean, you have to take your hat off to Sachin. He's done a great job turning them around, open source company, moving them to the cloud with Azure. They're doing really well.
2: I totally agree with you. I think what they've got today, for example, my my thing has like a, a version to make a, a a tablet. So you just press a button, comes out the tablet.
1: Yeah, they're more innovative than Apple, I think. Absolutely. Which, you know, you shouldn't be saying Apple if you're listening. Get your act together.
2: Absolutely. I think usability wise, Apple is like a
1: nine out of ten. Microsoft is probably still a six or seven. Okay, but uh, they have to deal with Windows. That's I mean, that's that's their problem.
2: That's right. Yeah, and there's there are some serious troubles there still there even the supply chain and their like customer support service is not all that good to be honest you know genius bar for example is total genius actually
1: okay so i mean I, I mean cortana their voice assistant is you know just been separated from the search element it used to be integrated they realized cortana is not going to take off they moved it out um but yeah i think i mean apple sorry Microsoft clearly is going after the enterprise market, um, going after Amazon Web Services and Google. Um, So I think, you know, that's where the market growth is. Uh, It's interesting to see IBM, who bought Red Hat recently, coming back into that. So cloud computing is going to be a a hot, hot, hot topic. And In fact, we've got a a show in about three weeks' time focusing on that, which, um, yeah, we'll talk more about it on that. But um, going back to Apple, so wearables, you can't wear wearables, you're allergic um, but have you, have you looked at them and thought, you know, uh, if it wasn't on my wrist or could you, could you imagine other wearables maybe in the ear, you know, using the AirPod, what, it would be a three, I guess, you know, would you do that?
2: Yeah, possibly. I mean, I saw these new, um, Bose, um, it's like a, like an eyewear. So you can, it's like a sunglasses which you can wear mm-hmm. with, uh, with speakers in the, the in the actual bits on the side next yeah year. I've, I've
1: got a pair of zungles
2: all right okay yeah that's what they're called they call now is there any other company is
1: it that- yeah zungles is a, a chinese company uh got them about two years ago and they're boat it's called bone induction and um i when i go skiing i use them so they're brilliant because um get on the slope uh have a listen to music but my ears are clear in case someone's screaming i'm coming down behind you um and yeah but they can, i can take a call so if my wife's on the slope somewhere i can just tap the side takes the call um i'm a massive fan of um wanting glasses with ar and vr not vr ar on it uh, and music and all that um so yeah but it's not there yet it's not there yet
2: no, no, it's not. I think um, we Google Glasses came out with that whole opportunity and it didn't really go that big as I thought it, it might, for example. But, um, for example, when I go running, I use the Google Fit, which is on my, on my um, mobile. So I put my GPS on, and that does a pretty good job, actually, and it's free.
1: Okay. So um, wearables is where Apple sees its growth. I can't see personally. I mean, it, it's... Services, which is iCloud and, and Mac Mail and all those things, yeah, they're growing, but they are awful. They really are bad bits of software. Mm. I mean, badly worked, badly worked. If you go onto the iCloud user interface on a browser, it's it's ancient. it's I don't know who's designing for them, but they need to take Stevie Wonder off design. I mean, wow. he really is not doing a good job. Um, okay, so Apple. Uh, where do you see Apple in a few years' time? Is it going to be down the doldrums or are it going to find its second curve and find a new app or new way what do you think great question
2: sam i think as you mentioned before they have a huge war chest i mean they've got billions lying in their in their accounts they can buy out a company very quickly and turn things around but that's not their dna
1: well no i think i think you've touched on something there that i think could happen because i think what we're going to see is them go away from hardware um you know the the, the the MacBook Airs, I think, will be the last MacBook Airs we see. The MacBook Pros mm. are going to, you know, the, the, the amount they're bringing out, the Mac Minis. Um, Apple TV doesn't seem to be progressing anywhere. Um, they licensed Apple TV to Samsung and a few others now to try and get the software out there. Um, I actually think uh, one of their big markets will be um, online content. So... um they're spending billions to try and compete with Netflix and with Amazon Prime. And I think that could be a big money spinner for them, another market that they could get into. Um, do you use Netflix? Do you use Amazon Prime? Both? None?
2: I use both of them. So, um, you yeah, know, wife has a Prime, so I use that as well. And Netflix,
1: great. Love them both. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I watched Bird Box over Christmas. Did you watch that? No. I yeah, highly recommend it. Good film. But... Um, but yeah, I find actually my viewing behavior as I use more and more Netflix and Prime now, less and less terrestrial. I'm trying to get myself off Sky. I really am. I'm trying to get rid of that Sky box because um, I watch so little on Sky. It's just sport that holds me there. Um, and obviously, Game of Thrones, the last final season, I'm just waiting for. Uh, hurry up. Oh, that's um, it. Uh, But I can see Apple are spending lots of money on creating unique content. Um, Whether they'll be successful and be able to compete with Netflix now and compete with um, Prime will be interesting. Um, iTunes has to be rewritten.
2: Absolutely. It's uh, it's so clunky at the moment. I can't seem to install it on my Windows. It just makes my
1: like... That might be just Apple saying it's on Windows and they just don't like it. Um, buy a Mac.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. May, may, well, I would not buy a, a Mac with the iTunes for sure. Okay. Uh, but, I mean, I personally feel that, you know, Apple had this cutting-edge mindset. Like, they bought the iPhones, they bought the smartphones, they, they built a whole new market. Will I say that about content? I would probably say Netflix is probably you know, a few years ahead of Apple in, in you know, prior, uh content, which is, um, you know, built for them. So um, I don't know if Apple will, will jump in the market in a big way, but they already are, as you, you just mentioned. So, yeah, that, that is that is good news.
1: Yeah, I mean, going back to what you said a few minutes ago, that, you know, they can go and buy people. I mean, would they buy Spotify, do you think? Would they, to merge the market, would they be allowed to maybe? But could they buy Spotify?
2: I mean, they could, would that compete with some of their own current services?
1: Would they merge it, maybe? Would they merge it? Yeah, it's possible. It's possible. I, I'm not a, a firm believer that they'll go, I I'm, I'm think Netflix will buy Spotify.
2: Yeah. That's yeah. who I
1: think will buy Spotify.
2: Yeah. I, again, I don't see the trend of Apple buying a lot of startups in or, or big companies or mid companies in, in a huge way and making it part of their core. Uh, I could be wrong there. Uh, I think
1: they have to because the innovation isn't coming from within anymore. That's right. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, you know, you look at Google buying Waze, you look at, you know, companies that are acquiring other companies because of, you know, what's the it's the acquire, isn't it? The talent acquisition, not for the software. You know, often they buy the software, close it down and use the engineering teams because that's the talent. Um, I, think, I think with Apple, they need to look at uh, buying out. They're not going to bring that war chest from Europe back to the US, even though President Trump... Did I say the word President and Trump in the same sentence? I didn't mean to. Trump uh, uh, basically um, allowed them to bring it back, some of it. Um, I, I just am not sure where Apple will be. I, re- I read the book, Walt Isaacson's book f- on Steve Jobs. It's brilliant recommendation. Sorry, it's a recommendation to read. It's a brilliant book. Let me try saying it that way. Um, and I have to say, um, it just is very clear that, you know, Apple, after Steve Jobs left the first time round... Made a mess. And it feels to me like they're doing the same thing. Tim Cook is doing a Scully. Lots and lots of skews, lots and lots of product, but no real focus, no real direction.
2: Does not remind you of Nokia in some ways. For me, it's like a Nokia story sort
1: of rewritten in today's age. Or, or, or BlackBerry.
2: Or IBM, actually. Yeah. They came well, out of the, the, the whole PC market, didn't they, IBM?
1: Yeah, I guess it's the innovator's dilemma. that they, they, they Their biggest cash cow is the phone, which is slowing. They have to find another cash cow. They're struggling to find that cash cow. Services and wearable seems to be a secondary revenue stream that's doing well. But is it a sustainable revu- revenue stream? I doubt it. Um, they need to find a new thing. They, they got rid of loads of engineers from their project Titan, which was their car project, so the, you know, autonomous car. Um, Apple, about two years ago, I guess I was a bigger fanboy. I'm, I'm on the fence now. Um, CarPlay just didn't come out quick enough. Uh, home kit is just awful. Um, I'm At home, I'm a complete Alexa ecosystem person. So uh, there was a report this week that um, 80% of people, if they go down one ecosystem, don't mix and match. So I won't be buying Google Assistant stuff or Apple stuff and do you have any home assistants?
2: Not yet. My wife is too paranoid about them. I know. I know it sounds silly, and I know they don't record anything, but it's really hard to convince her. And I think sometimes twenty you know, pounds. I know. It's. It's. I mean, I. I think I'll just have one in the office just to kind of, you know, play with it a bit, bit more. But she's just paranoid about having it, and I, I rightly so. You know, for her, they record everything. Yes, it's lying like in the temporary storage. Yes, that that makes sense, and they will never attempt to reuse that. But you know, who knows?
1: Okay. Well. We won't talk about that today, but uh, yeah, I'm I've got six Alexas at home, so um, uh, yeah, I'm fully into that world. And, and no, I don't say anything interesting at home that I care whether they record or not. I promise you, there's nothing I say that's interesting. So, um, moving swiftly on, Apple got rid of uh, Angela Hearn, their um, director from who came from Burberry, uh, who ran all of the retail stores. Have you been into a store recently?
2: I did. Um, My my wife bought a new um, air. So, yeah, I went with her. It looked really nice. a bit confused as it, as when I used to go before, it used to be just about Apple products. Now there's like a mix. There was I went to the one Newton Street in Central London, and there was there was some elements there of like a live concert at the back of the room. They were they selling all these different um, accessories on, on the sides. Uh, a total mess, actually. To be honest, I was. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I think hardly navigate inside. Yeah,
1: I think she came in and tried to turn it into Burberry. I think she tried to turn it into a shop with too many things going on, and I can imagine. You know, as I said, reading Walter Isaacson's book, Steve Jobs, uh, when he he was the guy who got the patent for the glass staircases in the Apple stores, uh, he went in to a warehouse they had on Apple Campus to see the first Apple store, and. Uh, He looked at it and he screamed at the guy, told him to rip it up and start again. And I think it's, there's a a saying from Edward de Bono, um, it's called complexity is failed simplicity. And I feel that the stores are becoming complex. You know, the the genius uh, bars are are replaced by, uh, I can't remember what they call them now. Geniuses started walking around the stores. It was all a bit. I think they got plants in there and it was all becoming a mess. Just clean, white, simple would have been the idea, I think. So, yeah, well, she's gone. So I don't know what she's going to get up to next, but I'm sure she's not going to suffer. I'm sure she's got a few shares in Apple and a few from Bluebird. Well, she was the highest paid exec they had. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure that's going to make her uh, suffer. Um, Okay, moving swiftly on then. The other little bits of Apple news that I just wanted to cover off. Um, Apple, now you might have an opinion on this, has agreed to comply with Russian laws to share data with the government. Now, I don't know how I feel about that. They they agreed as well to share data from servers that are located in China and Russia. So they're not servers that are located outside of the country. Uh, But yeah, they've agreed to share the data. Is this you know, a good thing, or are we getting our privacy, you know, uh, stamped on again? Apple, the big privacy company, is just giving our data away.
2: Yeah, I wonder if it's going to be data which is uh, more pertinent to the Russian and Chinese users as opposed to ours in Europe or the US or anywhere else in the world. Um, Also, my opinion, and this is my own opinion, I don't have things to to back me up on this, is that obviously, as India and China are kind of slowing down their the, the the purchasing of Apple products like the iPhone maybe Russia is where the opportunity is big market uh, big opportunities which are other countries next to Russia uh, and perhaps one of the requirements for for it to sell more is to like be more compliant with the Russian ways of of, of actually governing their their the data
1: yeah is it governing of the data I mean. I worry that, you know, certainly in China, you know, uh, government regulation on data um, means that, you know, the government, well, one of the areas we do want to talk about a little bit, touch on, is this go- uh, Chinese credit score that they apply to, well, it's only in Beijing at the moment, but they're going to roll it out across China, where, you know, they measure different data points on you and give you a score, like Clout used to try with Twitter. Um and that scares me a lot. And if they have access to sensitive data, and companies are having to give it over, you know, should Apple stick to their you know privacy and uh, policies and say no, okay, if you want the data, we're moving out, or are they just typically capitalistic and going, oh well, we'll just take the money?
2: I, I'm sure Tim Cook thinks about it, you know regularly. Yeah, I'm sure that he doesn't want to slow down. Uh, his growth, and he needs to find new ways to pump up the, the demand. And maybe, in my opinion, maybe it's Russia. But equally, you know, if, if your moral compass says to you that, listen, you know, you need to be the advocate for the customer privacy and data, then that's your USP as well as your feature. Yeah, they,
1: they talk about security as well, you know, encrypted security.
2: Indeed. And so giving out to someone like Russian government or Chinese government, how would you feel about that? I mean, Personally, I don't have anything in my in my emails or in my server which is like gonna uh, you know causing any, any difficulty for me or cause any any issues. But I'm not a big fan of putting it out there, and that's why I guess I stop using Facebook the way I, I was used to before. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of the idea, but equally, I know this is this is something which people you know will have to part with if they want to use technology.
1: Okay, so. Um- so one of the things I think we, we've seen is the web has been around, let's say, 20-odd years. You could push it towards 30, depending on what, what you call the web, more like the internet. Um, and, you know, it's been the wild, wild west, really. Um, what I am seeing is, like, China, Russia, uh, beginning to demand data regulation controls. GDPR came out. Uh, you've got the EU copyright uh, directive coming out. You know, that's coming back to play where companies have to remove copyrighted data. Um, This week, one more thing that the governments are doing, they're starting to tax these companies finally. Um, Apple has just agreed to pay 10 years of back taxes to the French. Uh, That's about 500 million euro. Not not bad chump change for Monsieur Macron.
2: Absolutely not, but I'm sure they have got many more of this kind of money lying in their accounts at Apple. I don't think it's going to be a a massive issue for Apple, but... uh, I mean why not? I mean they they obviously these companies work in the EU, they have uh to pay tax like all of us do.
1: Yeah, I mean I, I sit on the fence on this one actually. So, um I think Apple paid 170 million to HMRC last year. So I'm sure Germany, Italy, all the other countries are going to come after them now. Uh Amazon's probably going to be taxed as well. I can see Google, um all of them, right? And of course uh, the response from Apple this week was, well, we pay what we owe in the country of where we are. So, you know, if, if the tax laws say you only have to pay a small percentage, like in Ireland, then that's what they do. I guess why that's they they have their headquarters over there in Ireland. Absolutely.
2: Like Amazon is in Luxembourg, um, headquartered in Luxembourg for Europe. And I, I wonder if there is, you know, they they have a liability to kind of pay taxes anywhere else in the EU. And I think um, this is a, a topic which is going to be interesting because apart from the fact that they're paying taxes, they're also helping people get jobs. I mean, had they not come over here to the, to the EU, a lot of people who work at these these big companies like like Amazon, like Google, like Facebook will not have jobs. Not have them yeah, jobs. I
1: mean, we, we, we need them because Europe is not growing its own unicorns as much as we should do, uh, companies that would compete. Um, So one of the flies in the ointment, what people are saying now is that there needs to be an EU-wide tax. Obviously, Britain's not going to be in the EU, sadly. Uh, Yeah, some fool's going to take us out, call Brexit. But other than that, which which is probably why those companies are then. Locate to Britain because we won't tax them as hard. But um, it looks like they're going to try and make a, a, an EU-wide tax, which is great because I think what we need to do is harmonisation of tax laws across the world, so there isn't this arbitrage, which is what we're seeing. They're just using arbitrage, aren't they?
2: Absolutely. Again, I I think if there is a, a mandate which which allows them to to get a a you know a fair tax while they're helping us improve, I mean, all these, a lot of people I know today who are doing startups are ex-Amazon, ex-Facebook. Had they not been here, there would be no startup ecosystem the way there is today. Today, we've got a shortage where I'm based today. They are they, are, they rule the world for us because a lot of the, the, the knowledge has come from them. They've they become like a, a mentor sort of box for us to come go there, learn from them, and then spit out from there to start your own startup. Okay. So I do see them as an important part of the ecosystem. The taxing can be sometimes unfair for them. Generally, though, it's been really good. Uh, you know, from what I've been reading, they've been, they've been privileged to have a better tax system. They can negotiate their taxes a bit better than most small
1: companies. So they have that yeah. yeah. upper hand. Okay, so it's time for them to get taxed properly, is what we're saying. I believe so, yes. (laughs) Good, Okay, And maybe that'll pay for services that we all want, like hospitals and schools. NHS. Um, NHS, the roads, you name it. Um, Hopefully they'll go after uh, Sir Philip Green and make others pay their tax as well. But let's move on from there before I get in trouble, (laughs) because that's easy. Um, The other one that they were talking about, Tom Watson, the Labour MP, the Deputy Prime Minister... uh, for the Labour Party or Opposition Prime Minister. Um, he was talking about having a digital czar today, you know, and I, I'm like, okay, that's great. And having the power to break up companies, I can't see the UK government having any power to break up Google or Amazon. Um, they're not UK companies fundamentally. So if if he had a digital czar who said, I'm going to break up Google because it's too powerful, I think Google would just remove themselves from the market.
2: Yeah, a good point there, Sam. Um, so it's just
1: noise, I think.
2: It, it, it is. I I don't know if this is, you know, something that's going to happen for, for real. As you mentioned, these big companies are not even European. They're not even British. Um, but Google has done a good job in breaking themselves off into, from Google into alphabet and they actually can uh look at different areas of of business and 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 focus themselves into either you know automation for cars or for search engines or whatever else they want to get into so google is a a better example of how to break up things i wonder what's going to happen with apple and, and amazon if that that was the case
1: yeah, I can't see them breaking up. I mean, last year, Philip Hammond announced in the budget plans to introduce a special digital services tax by 2020 on online firms making more than 500 million globally. So same as France, really, they call it a GAFA tax, which is, stands for Google, Apple, Facebook and Amazon. And that's going to affect companies with global sales of more than 750 million euros. So really, they're going after the American companies. And this is this is one of the things that um, the EU worries me slightly we are, we are taxing these companies because it's good to get money out of them. And yeah, they need to be taxed more than they are. I get that. But we don't need to overtax them um, because we'll start to build protective markets. I mean, you know, China with Tencent, Badu, Alibaba, they're not going to tax their companies. They're going to weaponize those companies to global domination. And yet we're going to restrict these companies. I, mean, I I think we're in a technology war that we just don't know about.
2: Yeah, equally, we don't have any example of a European success which happened to remain in the EU and not disappear or go away to the US. Hmm. Like the Spotify of the world, for example, Skype of the world, they they came from the the European Union, quote unquote. They went from you know Estonia to the UK and then just disappeared
1: straight into. Well, Skype went to Microsoft, obviously.
2: That's right, uh, but they were, went public for a little bit, I believe, and hmm. then then they were bought by Microsoft. Yeah, DeepMind unfortunately went straight to Google. That's right, and and there are other examples of all these kind of companies who were, you know, who were invested by mainly American and some of them also now by the Chinese and the Japanese. The SoftBank coming into picture, for example. But, but my, my my point simply being that you know. If there was a European success story, which is in the EU, how would that be? I wonder if that would be different from the the Facebooks or Googles. Would they be taxed separately, different category altogether for them, for
1: instance? I don't know, actually. I, th- I think if they set a, a threshold, global sales of 500 million pounds or 750 million euro, I suppose that's fair enough. You're setting a threshold that you've become a, a super enterprise. You know, you're at that level, global level. I, I, again, I think we, we have to get to a point where we have universal... Tax um, around the world It's never going to happen because every country wants to give itself a competitive advantage. Ireland is never going to easily allow the EU to harmonise tax. Um, you know that'll probably be where that'll stop. But but we need to do something because these companies are you know dominating, um, and they need to pay their fair share but I don't want to overtax them. You know, people moan about the high street dying and we should tax online. No, remove business rates. Remove business rates, make it a level playing field. Get landlords not to increase the price of property. Um, That might be a better option than, you know, taxing... Companies that I find very useful and easy to use.
2: I agree. I also think it's worth comparing with the other companies like General Motors, for example. What are they getting taxed today and comparing? Because I don't have the information with me.
0: To ask Sam a technology question or give him feedback, please join our Facebook group, Sam Talks Technology, and leave a comment. Don't forget to tell your friends.
1: along if you're happy there you go that's the song you wanted there raj why
2: well um
1: so i i love this song because
2: of multiple reasons like this is a really the song says it's a really happy song you can dance along to the song which is amazing and you like dancing and i actually uh, that's what i wanted to become as, as a kid so we're either going to be a video video game programmer or a dancer and uh, i sort of still have that passion actually yeah
1: yeah you started we didn't touch on this i forgot you started a company called for hen nights didn't you <laughs> while at university
2: no it was just this, this after actually after okay so it's called uh spicy hen
1: spicy hen
2: uh really funny story about that actually so spicy hen was a creation of my my girlfriend then now my wife uh, and myself He kind of uh one of my good friends is a salsa dance instructor okay And Snake
1: Hips himself,
2: yes. I mean this guy is talented. George, big shout out to you. Great great work, man. And uh George said to me, Listen, Baj, you know, it's a big opportunity to teach salsa dancing to hens. And I'm like, What do you mean? He's like, you know, sixty percent sixty percent of all the hen parties do a dance lesson. And I'm like, Wow, okay, great. So how can I help you? He's like, Can you help me with the website please? Okay. I'm like, Okay. Uh, we'll do that. So we started with like two packages um, for dance lessons, hour and a half each, to train the, the ladies. They would come in, um, and uh, in two cities, London and Brighton, and we grew that to 35 uh, packages in 32 cities. Wow! And we sold it out to uh, a family, and then it sold out to a big events company. And it was uh, is it still going. It's still you know? going. It's still going. It's still going great. And in fact, it's uh, now part of a bigger group and they're doing um, hand parties, stag dues. And this industry is worth two billion pounds per, per year.
1: It's, it's an amazing industry. <laughs> I had no idea before. Well, <laughs> there's. it's always those niche industries where you think, oh, maybe, maybe not. And then you find that it's a massive market. Um Okay, let's get back to what we were talking about before the news. Um, A couple of stories that broke this week that caught my attention, which I think you'll have a lot to say on. One is a company in the USA called Family Tree DNA admits sharing genetic data with the FBI. 23andMe, which was uh, owned by the wife of um, one of the Google founders, uh, has said that they've shared their data. And... Another story that broke this week was that uh, life insurers in the USA and certainly in the New York State have been given permission now to access social media data to determine whether they should give us a higher or lower premium rate on our life insurance. So data abstraction, you know, are are we being stupid sharing our data with these companies if fundamentally they're going to sell the data on at the end of the day? and break our privacy?
2: Yeah, great question. I think, uh, again, privacy, security, all really important parts of any uh, application business today. Um, having spent some time uh, in Spain, actually, working with a, a large you know, large technology company, working for insurance, uh, I was working with them for almost five years as director of Innovation for them. I, I've had an opportunity to work with some of the largest insurance companies, their actuaries, who are the, the math guys behind, and they want who build the model for them, they are driven by data, like for them, data is the way they calculate risk. And the more risky you are, the higher is your premium, right? So I can see from their point of view, that this data about, for example, your social media feeds. Like if you are a crazy person jumping around and doing skateboarding on, on the staircases, for example, versus somebody who is, who is somebody who's very calm and, uh, you know, has a every morning and have a very active lifestyle that can help them evaluate
1: how healthy you're going to be. But I haven't given them permission to do that. It's a third party who've now given them access to my personal data. Without my permission. So it doesn't feel very fair to me. Not at all. In fact, if you look at Vitality Insurance, which is a company which does, uh,
2: again, insurance based on your Fitbit, for example, or your, or just how, how, often you, how often you get out to exercise, that seems more legal or more sort of in line with my thoughts, for instance. But, you give but do permission. you give
1: them permission? Yes. Yes. You okay. do,
2: so you actually buy the Fitbit or a device and you link that up with the data provider. so And that's what you should be doing.
1: Yeah, giving permission for access to your data. That's right. For, I guess, better premium rates or lower premium rates? Yeah, discounts basically. Okay. Um, but, but reading what they've said here about this life insurance in the USA, they're saying um, the insurer should not use an external data source algorithm or predictive model for underwriting or rating purposes unless the insurer can establish that the data source does not use, and is not based in any way, and this is the critical point, race, colour, creed, national origin, status as a victim of domestic violence, past unlawful, past lawful travel, not quite sure what that is, um, or sexual orientation in any manner, or any other protected class. Now, that's today. They're saying you can't use that type of data, but From what I read uh, previously, they can go straight to your social media account if you've got it open on Facebook or Twitter uh, and just look at what activities you carry out. So if you're seen smoking a lot or or you openly say you have weed or, or you've just got a burger in your mouth constantly, I guess the life insurance premium will be higher.
2: Yes, and 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 you're right, Sam. I mean, it, that could be the case. But the other flip side is the insurance market is one of the most primitive markets in terms of technology innovation. Uh, even today, we it takes months to get a claim done. For example, uh, there are only a few, like handful of companies, like Lemonade in the in the in the U.S. market, which does automated claim handling, for example, or, or it's all digital, for example. And there is a right step a step in the right direction for example but not the way i would do it obviously privacy is a big concern and you can't just you know get data off of internet if you think it's it's appropriate also i don't think you can match so for example raj anand that's my name obviously there are probably hundreds of raj anands on facebook
1: how would you know that's me for instance well i guess they would ask your permission to look at your facebook page and you'd have to give it and uh, it's it's a bit like the black box in the car you know you don't have a choice. I mean, when I was insuring my 19-year-old daughter when she was 18, 17, when she first passed, sorry, um, you know, there wasn't an option. You know, it, it's like you went to five of the six insurance companies. Well, you will have to have a black box. I thought it was optional. No, you will have to have a black box. And it's like, well, you'll, you know, what's the benefit? They're not giving me a clear benefit. They tell me that they're going to reduce the rate, but actually I don't think they did because mm. um, I know when I insured... My daughter's now at university, and we, re- we were renewing both our car insurances. And, of course, they increased the rate, okay? And I went back to them and said, well, hang on a minute. I have no claims I, in terms of we had no accidents. My daughter's now dr- driving on it. Oh, yes, but you haven't got the new uh, customer discount. And I went, oh, well, you, what you're saying is go and find another insurer. And so I was about to leave, and then they reissued all the discounts. and. I mean, it's a mess, but the black box, going back to why I was saying it, was, I think, uh, you know, just one of those, we want data, but we're not really going to give you any benefit. And I wonder if the life insurance thing, you know, will we see a point where people just put up false social media accounts? I might do that. You know, oh yeah, (laughs) go and see me bench pressing 250 pounds and eating celery sticks. Yeah, I'm a happy, healthy man, you know.
2: Yeah, I I think, they've again, this is a really early stage sort of, um, in- innovation for insurance market they will mature they will get these kind of like data primarily for example from products like Google which will feed into your Google Plus which is going to close anyway. Google Plus is closed. Yeah so but that's a, diff- it's a bad example but like for example Facebook um, for instance and then you'll, you'll you actually trust those providers of data for instance or your fitbit talks to your facebook or your uh, your your fitbit talks to your your google accounts for example so that could be a a meaningful way to understand how active you really are plus your risk appetite you know if you have a home uh, uh, alarm system which talks to your google account you can tell how secure your home is how often do you turn the alarms on for example all that actually does help them but it should be an optional uh, add-on. It shouldn't be something which you have to do.
1: Well, that's the the thing. What starts as optional becomes compulsory.
2: Yes, and that's that's a fear which I think I have across everything. It's like, you know, when, today when I have to um, uh, go uh, abroad, uh, you know, I have to show my passport. I mean, I wonder if passport was, it was once upon a time optional, you know, you could just go... Well, and- it
1: is if you're in the EU. It's called the Schengen zone. We just didn't join it. <laughs>
2: So again I, I think um you know at this point the big carrot is that that those discounts um which you'll get if you do link your different accounts together and you get the data in, which helps the actuaries
1: within the insurance to put the prices down because you make the But this is a point. So you're you 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 know, we started off talking about Gopin Leads, your company and you know, data scraping and data ac- acquisition, which is what you do. Um and yours is for B2B business reasons, but insurance companies will data scrape and acquire data about us. I mean, Facebook's well known of what they call dark data, acquiring stuff off Facebook so that when you join, they've got lots of data on you, like who are all your friends and what things you like so they can suggest things to you. It does feel like um, you know, I'm a massive advocate of online and, and um, I'm not very private. I'm pretty open with, you know, my my phone number's up there on the internet, probably my home address, email, everything. Actually, if you data scrape me, it wouldn't be too hard to get everything about me, really. Um, so I don't worry about it, but a lot of people do. and and But I will start to worry about it if insurance companies are going to start looking and, and measuring, you know, me or my children or my wife or friends. And I, I would advise people then to come off it altogether
2: yes on the flip side for 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 years on years credit card companies
1: have been selling data about our spending habits absolutely and then we get this horrible experience credit rating score, which we don't even know how it's formed absolutely and i I think
2: there is something to be said about about that i mean a lot of people don't know that there are companies like cpp who used to exist i believe before who just sold data what they would do is they'll go into companies and say listen we will help you activate the credit card company accounts for you so when you get a credit card you to call a number it'll be them on the line and they'll activate you and their aim really is to sell that data on to other providers who can then rate you or see if you are a beneficial customer for them or not
1: yeah, what worries me with all this data acquisition, though, is, is security. I mean, we've seen so many data breaches now, you know, hackers getting into these data stores that people have acquired or scraped or, or bought. You know, that isn't being fixed fast enough for me. And we, we, you know, we're still looking at the, oh, yes, get all the data, sell it, make money, advertise against it and what blah, blah, blah. But they're not spending the money on securing it and making it, you know, so my data isn't stolen. Yes, uh, as I say, nothing is free in this world.
2: Uh you're paying for. Something, a privilege, or data, de- or service, or, or or product based on your data. Now, I think we we're talking earlier as well. There'll be no advertising. Mm-hmm. There will be it'll be more around, you know, giving away your data in return for some uh, experiences or some product or for some service. Today, we are paying Facebook with our data. Our, we are the ones who create the data, uh, the information for them. We're the ones who bring our friends on board, and so that is really sad situation because then they have breaches and then we, we always complain about it but you know the reality is if you don't
1: want it to be part of it don't join these networks you know don't don't be part of them yeah I mean well it's very hard not to be it's like saying don't have a phone really or don't um, you know it's, it's it's not easy I mean I think people are getting more savvy about privacy I think Cambridge Analytica made a lot of people sit up and, oh, wow, really? That's what happened. Okay, and I think that going mainstream certainly made people more aware. I think, you know, this week, you know, Facebook was caught again, you know, paying people for their data. I mean, sounds a fair deal. You pay £20 and you, you can access their data. At least there was a transaction. But uh, a lot of people wondering that young people were just taking the money without the consequential awareness of why they're... Data was going. Um, uh, Square's uh, CEO has said he's going to start a company where actually they pay again, so you don't for for your data. So creating a transaction for your attention. This has been the utopia for many many years. You know, you will be able to not be the product, as you just said. You know, if you don't pay for it, you are the product as this strap line on the internet. So I'd happily pay, Well, I wouldn't. But I wouldn't. I can't work out. I'll see if it happens. But, but, you know, I think I'd pay Facebook £10 a month to use Facebook without ads and data scraping and access to my privacy.
2: Sure. I mean, there's a new thing on YouTube where you can pay uh, for one month. I don't remember what the prices are, but then you can pay for one month and get... Ad-free YouTube? Have you paid? I've
1: not paid for it. No, no, nor have I. So we talk about paying, but I, I don't think we will. Um, I think we just abandon it. Um, that's the challenge, I guess. They all have, you know, micro payments to companies instead of advertising. But we seem to go, no, nah, we'll we'll put up with the advertising. I put an ad blocker on anyway, so I I hardly see an ad. Um, okay, so a couple of other things, quick bits of news. That one was breaking news. Calm. Do you know what calm is? no oh okay calm is a meditation app uh and it was started by a marlowe boy um uh michael acton smith do you remember him of mushi monsters fame of
2: course i do yes i know, know the app as well now calm yeah. yeah
1: so calm was uh 2017's app of the year uh on apple uh so well done michael i mean i don't know what happened to mushi i haven't followed the whole story but I, he was close to being a multi-billionaire with it and Somehow it didn't quite get there. But him and Alex Chu, the guy who famously did the million-dollar page, um, yeah, they, they got together a couple of years ago, and good luck to them. They, they've just raised $88 million today, or they've just announced they've raised $88 million. Yep, yeah, our Series B financing, and guess what? They're a unicorn. They've done over the $1 billion value. Evaluation. Yeah, I am going to see if I can get Michael on the show in the future. If he's ever back in the UK, he's now living in the US. Um, but you know, they've seen a growth. I, I, I never used a meditation app. I, I'm not quite sure if I'm calm enough to even bother to use a meditation app. But do you meditate? I don't. I want to. Two uh, Indians who don't meditate. Uh, 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 there you go. Well,
2: when my wife does. She does yoga and everything. She's like vegan now. She's going on the show. She's listening to the show uh, on the radio. So She might be just
1: meditating now. She maybe is. I don't know. Um, but yeah, they've they've got... Well, the company says that it's topped 40 million downloads worldwide. It's pretty impressive. Uh, it's on track to do $150 million in annual revenue. I... I'm, I'm flabbergasted. Well done, Michael. Uh, Michael said, we started as a meditation app. We have grown far beyond that. Our vision is to build one of the most valuable and meaningful brands of the 21st century. Sounds like a very very big goal. Health and wellness is a four trillion industry and we believe there's a big opportunity to build a leading company in this fast growing and important space. So, yeah, I'm not disagreeing with it. I think, you know, um, health and wellness and people are beginning to realise that the fast-paced network that we all live in probably isn't healthy and good for us. The 24-7, you know, always on. Um, But I'm not quite there myself yet.
2: Yeah, I think the consumption of this information or how do you access this data is also really interesting. Like back in the day, you'd have to go to a physical class or get a VHS, for example, or a CD to kind of figure out to get this data or get this this class to calm yourself down today with your your your, your phones your tablets is successful um i know that i do a lot of listening to to your show sam through podcasts mm-hmm. uh while i'm while i'm just doing my, my own things while right? i'm walking for example i'm uh, running for example it's just really fun to do that while i'm learning something I would imagine calm is similar, but when you're in your free time or you're on the train going back home or to, the, to work, you can just close your eyes, just breathe in normally or just breathe in the way that they actually ask you to do so and be calm and ready for the, the work or the family life you might have.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm not against it. I mean, meditation and yoga came out of India. I should be doing it. I feel I should be doing more of it. Um, I just don't find that time to do it, which is the oxymoron. Um, or I'm just the moron. I don't know which one it is, really. But, um, yeah, I, I, I would love to do more of it. And I think I, I might go and download, come after this and have a go. You never know. It might be something I need. I think we'll have two downloads, one from Sam and one from me. Um, other bits of news as we wrap up the show this week. Um, talking of podcasts, Spotify is in talks to buy podcast producer gimlet who i've never heard of personally i've not heard of gimlet for more than 200 million um it's it's spotify's first content focused acquisition and it might lead to podcasts becoming more siloed um i again we were talking a little bit earlier about apple you know investing more money into content um i do see three or four silos forming now quite you know so i said you know uh Amazon Prime has music, Amazon Music, Films. um, It has its own little app, Network. Uh, Obviously, you can get other things on Amazon Prime. Then you've got Netflix, um, which hasn't really got any podcasting capabilities, just films. Spotify, where, you know, this show is on Spotify as a podcast there, so please download it. Um, Or it's Subscribe. Um, And obviously, Apple and we are on iTunes as well, <laughs> just so in case you wondered. Um, but yeah, you know, those uh, silos are forming um, and I guess Spotify needs to get into that market because music isn't going to generate enough revenue for them. Um, I still think Netflix is going to buy Spotify though.
2: It could be. I think I. I, but I agree with you on the fact that iTunes, Spotify, Spotify, and SoundCloud is another one which I really like and for, use quite a lot.
1: SoundCloud, again, who's got, it's a standalone app. I'm not sure it's going to have sustainability. Yeah, I agree with
2: you. It's just that the content they have there, the value which I've got out of it, I would pay them $10 mm-hmm. per month easily.
1: What other content do you get from them then?
2: Mainly it's podcasts around tech and investments yep. and a bit of AI as well. Uh, I listen to shows like from from Saster, from Top Top Tribe with Natka. Uh, I listen to some other shows from Y Combinator. All these give me so much insight, mm. which I can't. Like if I go to an, an event in London, it'll take me you know about two hours, three hours. This is when I want to consume it in my own time when I'm walking around I can just use that
1: and figure it out from the top leaders in the market yeah I I tend to do the same I listen to a lot of podcasts when I'm out on my bike or walking the dog Um, I listen to a lot of Audible books as well I don't read I haven't got time to read have you heard about Blinkist yeah yeah I like that app Um, but again I'm not a big user of it I tend to just go to Audible and get my stuff from there Um, I tend to be in the car dropping my daughter everywhere, taxi for one, um, free Uber. Um, yeah, so that's where I use a lot of my time for that. Um, but interesting, Spotify buying, you know, getting into that market. We'll yeah. see what happens there. Um, we've run out of time, though. Oh. Wow, an hour and a half has gone really rapidly. So, um, first of all, thank you very much for coming in today. Thank you, Sam. Uh, it was a pleasure. hope you've enjoyed it. Absolutely, I love that. Um, we covered a lot of stuff though, in that time. Um, obviously, I'd like to see, do you have a prediction for 2019?
2: As I was saying earlier, for me, it's going to be the, uh, the WhatsApps and the Facebooks launching their 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 payment, and on the Apple front, I feel there'll be a bit of a further sort of downward trend for them as well.
1: Okay, um, I'm going to leave you with uh, a little thought here. It's uh, well, let's play this little jingle. I haven't played. What's this. the book of the week, Sam? Indeed, what is the book of the week? Um, Amy Webb. I don't know if you've heard of Amy Webb. She's a futurologist. Love her. If you haven't seen her YouTube videos, go and have a look. She's got a new book out called The Big Nine. You're going to love it. It's all about data and AI and um, the coming not Armageddon, but the fact that they're going to take our data and use it more and more. Um, and we are out of control and they are in control. Uh, I think it's going to be a fascinating book to to look at. I suppose the app of the week has to be calm.
2: I believe so, yeah, absolutely. Clearly
1: now, we're supporting the Brit Boys abroad. Uh, please join us next week if you can. Uh, we're going to be talking about blockchain. We've got uh, Charlie Cox and uh, Thomas Powell coming in to join us in the studio. Uh, Thomas has got his book, uh, Tokenomics. Until then, see you next week.
0: Sam, that show was amazing. To listen again, please visit our website, marlofm.co.uk or visit our Facebook group, Sam Talks Technology. And now you can subscribe on iTunes. Never miss a show again. See you next week, same time, same place.